I'm excited to introduce our guest preacher for today. Um, Dr. Jerry Taylor is with us this morning, and he will be with us next week as well. Um, and I'm going to invite him to start making his way up as I uh, read a little bit about uh, Dr. Jerry Taylor. Dr. Taylor is an associate professor of Bible missions and ministry at Abilene Christian University and is the founding director of the ACU Carl Spain Center on Race Studies and Spiritual Action. Dr. Taylor has served as a senior pastor in Sulphur Springs, Texas, Port Arthur, Texas, and Greensboro, North Carolina. Prior to moving to Abilene, Dr. Taylor ministered to the poor who lived in the Bankhead area of uh, the city of Atlanta, Georgia. As founding director of ACU's Carl Spain Center on Race Studies and Spiritual Action, he organizes the Racial Unity Leadership Summits and Prayer Retreats, uh, the African American Leadership Summits, the National Spiritual Think Tanks, and the Young Ministers' Spiritual Retreats across the country. He is the author of the book, uh, Courageous Compassion. And in addition to all these things, um, I got to have Dr. Taylor as a professor. I think it was my sophomore year of college. Um, and I've been blessed by Dr. Taylor, uh, by his words, by his teaching and preaching, and by his ministry. So I want to pray over him, and then I will let him uh, share his word. God, thank you uh, for, for this day. Thank you for um, a time to be together this morning. God, I pray um, your blessings over uh, Dr. Taylor as he uh, brings your word this morning. Uh, would you fill him up so he could be poured out, God? And would you pour through him the gift of preaching so that Christ would be formed in our hearts? Thank you for the blessing that he is and has been to me in my life. And God, I just pray uh, blessings over this time. Amen. This is our Father's world. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills and nobody has enough power to take it away from him. This is his world. Regardless of all of the confusion and chaos and division and ugliness that you see going on in the world today, don't fret. This is our Father's world. And eventually every knee is going to have to bow and every tongue will have to confess. We can't fix the world in and of our own strength. But the God who created it has the intelligence and the creativity and the power to bring it back into complete submission to his will. And so the heart's desire of every child of God is to see God's will being implemented on earth as it is in heaven. And the first place where that starts is in the human heart of those who have named the name of Christ Jesus. We're grateful to be with you here today. I want to thank Colin for uh, entrusting me with the responsibility to stand here today and next week 
to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I also want to express my appreciation to the shepherds of this church for giving a vote of confidence in me standing here to preach Jesus' gospel to you today as well as next Sunday. I'm also honored to have traveling with me uh, the Carl Spain Center staff, our executive assistant, Roland Campos, and uh, Alex Boblin, our finance man, and DJ, our student intern, summer intern. And also, <laughs> and our videographer, Isaiah Tripp. We just uh, drove back in from Birmingham, Alabama. I did most of the riding. <laughs> <laughs> Our text today will come from Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And the Bible reads, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The peace of Christ. Today we sit immobilized in the midst of a dangerous historical intersection. The nation must choose the direction in which it intends to travel. Taking a fearful U-turn towards a nostalgic past that can never be replicated in the present is not a healthy option. Taking a loose left onto the Broadway of bigotry, back down the mean memory lane of racial hostility is not a healthy option. Taking a rigid right onto the rocky road of resisting love's arresting power is not a healthy option. We must bravely face the horrific tensions of our turbulent times. Being morally neutral in the midst of the oncoming traffic of human history is the result of moral indecision. America's moral meter needs to be nudged towards a more peaceful coexistence between the diverse racial tribes that abide within the borders of America. America's eyes are bloodshot red 
from looking upon the long string of human suffering experienced upon the North American continent. America has seen the rough terrain of national economic catastrophes. America has seen nations go from world wars to cold wars. America has seen military campaigns carried out in the steamy jungles of Asia, as well as in the hot, blistering sands of the Middle East. America has seen the snarling faces of mobs that hung up black bodies in the backwoods of Mississippi, like hanging up pork meat in Tennessee smokehouses. America has seen mad men stagger across the stage of political history, intoxicated by a shameless addiction to raw power, callously committed to the covert agenda of activism in the painful practice of brute brutality. The nation seems to be aimlessly adrift upon the raging sea of bitter hostility. Luxury liner cruise ships filled with the passengers of fear and irrational thinking are tossed in high-velocity winds of hatred like paper cups in a hurricane. The undertow of political seduction is pulling people deeper into the depth of racial division and chaos, making it difficult for America's multiracial lungs to harmoniously breathe in together the spiritual oxygen of love, faith, and hope. It is in the midst of this historic moment that the Church of Jesus Christ must assertively remind our fellow citizens that the only remedy for today's social ills is not simply the love of God, but the love of God as we see God existing in our neighbors that don't look or think like us. We must speak this truth with crystal clear clarity into this hour that is pregnant with the Siamese twins of fear and violence. We must encourage our fellow citizens to be weaned off the sour breast milk of hatred. In Colossians 3.15, Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts in all wisdom. Sing with grace in your heart unto the Lord. America needs to hear the church singing a new song. The American mind has been increasingly set ablaze by the fiery rhetoric of extremism. America's heart has become a toxic river overflowing its banks, filling the low-lying flood zones with the muddy waters of bitter bigotry. If America's heart is left untreated by the divine heart specialist, then America will suffer a heart attack resulting in its own national fatality, and America's external and domestic enemies will be found sitting patiently in the waiting room ready to cheer the bad news of America's self-inflicted demise. As referees in the national political wrestling match, Christians must call a timeout 
between the two rival opponents known as hostile red in one corner and malice blue in the other corner. They both are guilty of holding the entire nation in a political chokehold. We must remind political fans of all sides that there can be no genuine peace within America's national borders unless the peace of Christ is ruling in the borders of America's national heart. Today, America's multiracial society is hanging by a fragile thread over an open inferno of tribal hostilities. Many are quietly readying themselves with weapons of domestic warfare with the intentions of destroying one of the longest running democratic experiments in human history. Smart bombs have become dirty bombs that threaten the very existence of human civilization. Hostile conversations fly over open airwaves on the radio like war planes dropping toxic payloads upon their targeted sites. Unless God's spirit uses the church to diffuse the hatred in the hearts of our fellow citizens, there will be no hope for America's future. Paul implies that peace is a choice. He tells the Colossians to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The peace of Christ is not invasive. The peace of Christ is not overbearing. The peace of Christ is not forceful. The peace of Christ enters into the heart through invitation only. Violence, on the other hand, is disrespectful. It seeks to barge in without invitation. Violence does not comply with any restraining orders. Violence and hatred are partners in crime. They creatively use Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to exploit the nation's underlying political condition, one that is saturated with racial division. Practicing the peace of Christ is the most effective strategy that we have as Christians that can disrupt programs of violence that are being privately planned for public disorder. Paul reminds the Colossians that they have been called to peace. The Prince of Peace has not called us to a political civil war in a nation already torn by severe strife. He has called us to peace. The Prince of Peace has not called us to kill one another in competition over our favorite brand of politics. He has called us to peace. The Prince of Peace has not called us to endorse the politics of division that turn neighbor against neighbor. He has called us to peace. The Prince of Peace has not called us to participate in the anxious promotion of fear. He has called us to peace. 
Those called to peace are clothed with the spiritual wardrobe consisting of the garments of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Over these Christian virtues, they put on the overcoat of love, which binds together all of the spiritual characteristics in perfect unity. The peace of Christ ruling in human hearts is the only thing that can cause people of different backgrounds to live in harmony with one another. Only the word of Christ dwelling in us richly can enable us to teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. The peace of Christ destroys the egotistical need to defeat others at all costs. The peace of Christ enables us to listen to one another without a need to dominate one another. The peace of Christ makes us wise, prudent, and gracious in our talk. The peace of Christ empowers us to use words that build others up rather than using words that tear others down. Paul says that when the peace of Christ rules in our hearts, even our singing will contain the wisdom of Christ. What kind of music are Christians making in America today? Are we singing songs of civil peace or are we singing songs of civil war? What Christian songs are at the top of the music charts in the country's public square? Are we known for singing the praises of our chosen princely political saviors more than we are known for singing praises of Jesus who is the Prince of Peace? Are our songs filled with the lyrics of faith, hope, and love? Or are they filled with the lyrics of rage, fear, resentment, and retaliation? Is our racial chorus inclusive enough to provide space for anybody to lead a solo regardless of their race. Let it not be said that the only type of voice that can sing in our racial chorus is a voice that sings just like or sounds just like our voice. I hear that there's going to be another chorus over yonder. And what I mean by over yonder, I mean on the other side of the Jordan River. And what I mean by the other side of the Jordan River, I believe that one day those who have lived, those who have lived in accordance with God's will will be gathered around his throne from every nation under the heavens. And there will be voices there from Africa, voices there from China, voices there from Memphis, Tennessee. Help me, somebody. And they will all join in singing a song that they've never sang before. And in order for us to qualify for that choir there, we must learn how to sing together in the choir down here. Let the singing of our racial chorus be filled with the peace that derives from grace so that we can sing of God's amazing grace all over America. Let us sing a song of sweet thanksgiving so loud that we will drown out the raspy voice of Lucifer and even drown out the entertaining music that accompanies his Luciferic lies. 
hearts. Let us sing a song of hopeful happiness that drowns out the quartet of bitterness, rage, malice, and hatred. Let us sing a song of undying love that shall endure throughout all eternity. Let us learn to be the background singers to Jesus. Let Jesus be the lead singer in the song of salvation and healing. Let us sing a song that is not led by Prince the artist, but a song that is led by Christ Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the Savior of the world. Let Jesus sing. When Jesus sings, the rejected are accepted and the downcast are lifted up. Let Jesus sing. When Jesus sings, people long despised are then affirmed and embraced in the loving arms of peace. Let Jesus sing. When Jesus sings, men and women mastered by misery and depressed by despair will hear the melodious singing voice of the Prince of Peace and will have their strength renewed. Let Jesus sing. When Jesus sings, little children trapped in the urban ghettos and little children trapped in the rural trailer parks will have their bright eyes filled with hope as they hear the voice of the divine soloist singing to them of a better future absent of the stale cold bread of poverty. Let us sing with Jesus. Let us sing with Jesus until our voices become hoarse and our bodies fade into the soil of the earth. Let us sing with Jesus until the wholeness of his creation joins in that eternal song of peace about a place where we won't have to study war no more. Let us sing with Jesus until the sword shall have become plowshares and the spears shall have become pruning hooks. Joel 3.10 says, He shall judge between many peoples and shall arbitrate between the strong nations far away. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The peace that we make and keep today will be the peace that our children and our grandchildren will reap on tomorrow. Brothers and sisters, I want to close now. I want to encourage us to join in this song of peace and let peace rule in your heart because if we name the name of Christ, we are claiming that Christ dwells in us. We are claiming that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we are saying that we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, we are saying that God's very own being is contained within us as divine content, that we are more than what meets the eye in the mirror. And I'm glad about that. Amen. There is something in you 
that death cannot kill and the grave cannot hold it. There is something in you that is eternal and will live as long as God lives. If God lives in you, no one can tell me the day that God will die because God has been forever and God will be forever. And if God is in you, that makes you somebody very special. Now, my question is, do you believe that God is in heaven? I think we all would agree that he's in heaven. But the bigger question is, do you believe that God is in you? And some folk find it difficult to believe that God dwells in them. Now, there are those who have no problem believing that God dwells in them. I want to just say this to you. Believing that God exists in you makes you wiser. But believing that God exists in your neighbor makes you loving. You see, some of us want to go to heaven. But as our brother said today, heaven is trying to come to earth. Now, let me say this here, too. This may be a little shocking. The doorway that leads into heaven is in your neighbor. And especially the neighbor that doesn't look like you or think like you. Uh-oh. <laughs> you see, God set it up like that. We cannot say we love God whom we have never seen, but hate our neighbor whom we see every day. Eternity is bound up in the heart of God who lives in the heart and in the inner life of your neighbor. And if I cannot deal with you because of what you look like on the outside, I just might miss heaven because I cannot get to God who dwells in you on the inside. Isn't that wonderful how he fixed that up? Amen. And so much of our wrangling, so much of our debates, so much of our arguments are based on stuff that will not last once it is put in the ground. So much of our energy is spent on our skin. Isn't it amazing to realize that once you are buried in the ground, if they dig you up a year from now, you won't have any skin left? Skeletons don't argue with each other in the cemetery about, you know, who, which one is better than the other. Amen. And I think we're all determined not to allow our fixation on something that is temporal and temporary to keep us from focusing on that which is within us that is eternal and everlasting. And because... The same God and the same kingdom that dwells in me dwells in you. Whenever I try to cut you off from me, I am in essence cutting myself off from God. Isn't it wonderful how he has given us the holy hookup? <laughs> but if I push you away, cut you off, disown you, disconnect myself from you, I'm doing damage to the very life of God. In essence, I am committing spiritual abortion. That when I hate my brother or my sister because of what they look like on the outside, I am doing damage to the life and the spirit of God that exists within those bodies. 
and I'm pro-life all the way. <laughs> and how can I be pro-life and yet hate the life of a human being that just happens to look different from me? Amen? All right, y'all got the doors open. Go, go crank the van up. <laughs> no, this is a loving crowd, and I appreciate y'all for receiving the message because if we're going to be able to live in a semblance of peace in this world, it will require Christians becoming more spiritual than political. We have to stop allowing politicians to divide and split up the church along party lines. There won't be. There won't be any political parties in heaven. There'll be no Democrats and no Republicans. Only the children of God who have come to know him here will know him there. And I don't want to go through all of life and get there and to hear him say, depart from me. I never knew you because you were too busy trying to be known in the eyes of politicians and political parties. My soul's salvation is too important to get caught up in the fistfights of this world. We are put here to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. May God bless us today. We don't want to have to keep studying war. And one day, we won't have to study war no more. In the first service, I tried to lead a song. And so this service, I'll try again need a little more support, so y'all help me sing this song. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna lay down my burdens down by down by down by down by down by I'm gonna lay down my burdens down by down by I'm going to study war no more. Well, I ain't going to study war no more. Well, I ain't going to study war no more. Well, I ain't going to study war no more. Well, I ain't going to study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Everybody sing. Well, I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by, down by. Come on, y'all. Down by. 
I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside. I'm gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study. No, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by, down by, down by. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield down by, down by. I'm gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study. No, I ain't gonna study war no more. Well, I ain't gonna study war no more. In the name of the Prince of Peace, allow him to express his living, breathing life in and through you. So everywhere you step down your feet, let that be a place where you express peace and live as a peacemaker to the glory and to the honor of the one whom we call the Prince of Peace. Go in peace. <laughs>